Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Abide Forever. My name is Dr. Ebony Robinson. I welcome you guys back into this broadcast. We are continuing on with 52 weeks of healing and deliverance. And tonight, we are continuing our discussion with Pastor Robert Rogers. And he's going to be talking with us this evening um, as we continue to just kind of navigate and discuss paths toward healing for youth and young adults. All right. And so, um, again, this is part two. And um, this is just an ongoing discussion between us. Um, if you have comments you want to share, feel free to type those comments um, into the comment section for whatever platform you're listening on, whether it's YouTube Live or Facebook. Um, just share some thoughts with us if you have anything um, to share with us. But um, without any further ado, I want to just kind of open up this space with prayer. And um, Pastor Rogers and I, we're going to we're going to have this discussion tonight. All right, let us pray. Father God, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I just thank you for tonight, Lord. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just speak to us, Lord Jesus, that you would, um, hallelujah, Lord, let your mind and your heart be present, Father God, as we share tonight, Lord Jesus. Lead us in our conversation, in our in our discussion, Lord God, so that what is shared and what is said can help those who need it. Yes, God. Take us in the path that you would have us to go in with this discussion. And when we're done, just with this part tonight, Father God, may your heart be satisfied with what we've said tonight, Lord Jesus, for your name's sake and for your glory, Lord God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, hallelujah. So tonight, we will start our discussion talking about mental wellness and mental illness. Um, you know, um, just before we ended our broadcast last week, you know, Sophie um, briefly mentioned the need to focus on mental wellness versus mental illness. And I think she really hit a very good point and so we want to start right there talking about what is the difference between mental wellness versus mental illness and you know what should our focus be on our day-to-day -day? and so i'm going to pass it over to pastor rogers and let him lead in all right hey glad to be back again for another round table of discussion as relates to uh, approaching to um mental health of our youth and some of the struggles that they face uh, in this lifetime, in which we call doing life. Um, as stated, we talked last week about mental illness versus mental wellness. That's a, that's a loaded, loaded conversation uh, in regards to it. But the basic difference between mental illness is where there is someone who actually has um, um, an actual illness of the brain is a sickness in the brain um, versus someone who um, where we all can benefit from what we call self-care which is really it's the platform or the stage for uh, mental wellness and being able to taking taking care of your body uh, your mental health um, and that that involves with basically either talking to someone speaking with a professional therapist 
mm-hmm. uh, so on and so forth. And many times uh, what we found, uh, especially in the African-American community, uh, that term is taboo. Anytime you talk about mental health, uh, we uh, kind of shape it into we I know back in my earlier days, we called it the crazy, you know, and people are not crazy, they're hurting. Yes, yes. A lot of things that are going on and because it's been a, a untackled subject and really uh, investigated thoroughly to bring awareness and, and real true understanding about what's going on with our mental health, the brain itself, and, um, and being able to have uh, solid uh, solutions and uh, different, uh, um, how can I put it, um, outcomes or corrective action to bring about that change um, to be able to treat it. Uh, from a professional standpoint. So those are some of the things we do, um, we're gonna be kind of talking about tonight. So I'm excited and about ready to jump into this. Glad yeah. to have me back again, uh, Dr. Robinson. All right, so listen, the first thing that comes to my mind when I think about my mental wellness, I think about self-awareness, right? And I think that for, for young people, I think young people are very, I think they're more self-aware now, this generation is, than they were in times past. Um, and I do feel that they are emotionally intelligent. They know how they feel about things. But I think that self-awareness plays a huge part in mental wellness, right? Or even if there is some type of uh, mental illness that might be present, right? In order to even be able to acknowledge that, I've got to have some type of self-awareness, right? So we want to look at, talk a little bit about self-awareness. And in your discussions with young people that you have served in your profession, um, as a behavioral health counselor, would you say that those young men come in being self-aware, knowing how they felt over the years or how they felt about the conditions and circumstances that brought them to that place? Like, what are, are they? Are they self-aware? And how does having that or the lack of it impact their overall mental and emotional health? Well, um... Let me start off by saying this. Um, we really have to take in, in perspective um, the fact that our young people, um, they are exposed to um, an enormous amount of information readily at the tip of their fingers. Of mm-hmm. uh, we have kids as young as three years old who know how to work cell phones. And so we're in an informational age. I mean, and it's ever changing so rapidly and uh, so quickly. And so that alone, you know, uh, gives kids um, exposure to things that they become aware to. Mm-hmm. to their their um, their mindset. Many of them, because their brain is still being developed. Remember, I, I think I may have shared this on last week. Um, from birth to the age of 28, that's how long it actually takes for the brain, the human brain to actually develop. Mm-hmm. 
So when you're dealing with adolescents, um, when when information is passed to a young person and they're not mentally prepared for it, mm -hmm. it can cause trauma, which now when that trauma is caused, it's forever uh, what we call flashbacks that continue to pop up, you know, in the mind, the memory. Uh, anything that reminds them of that that type of um, that trauma that has been caused. Now, trauma can be not necessarily anything negative all the time, but it can be something positive. Simply as a, a, I remember my mom's first kiss, she kissed me forehead or gave me a hug, or, or then on the negative side of it, you know, somebody may have touched you in the wrong way, in a molestation way, uh, uh, or may have called you a name or bullied you. And so even at the program where I work, um, we deal and we treat um, uh, not only mental illness, but behaviors um, and learning, uh, teaching young people how to uh, properly uh, diagnose the situations that they're in. Mm -hmm. Many of them come up in environments that have been very horrible. And then there are some that have had uh, engagements uh, within the family structure itself. Mm -hmm. uh, where they have been exposed to some things that they were not mature enough to handle. Mm -hmm. Also, that it caused this type of trauma or whatnot. So what do you do with this type of young individual? Well, uh, going back to self-awareness, as you, you put to us, Dr. Ross, um, being able to teach them new norms. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if I was trained uh, in an environment where profanity was the norm mm -hmm. for me to say the B word or call a female a B. Mm -hmm. That's normal in my environment. Yeah. But in society, that's not normal. Mm -hmm. uh, so how how do you help this young man, this young lady to re-identify with a true what the true norm is, what's accepted in society mm -hmm. as what we call normal? Because for them, in their mind, if they've been training this for the last 12, 15, 18 plus years, this is what they know. This is what they've been exposed to. These are the role models that they've seen and witnessed in their life. So how do you begin to peel those layers back? Well, first of all, we got to meet them right where they are. Mm -hmm. Got to understand where they are. And you got to have honest and open conversation. And part of that is being consistent in the conversation with the individual. Mm -hmm. Uh, to help them be able to understand and see uh, how to really tr properly express themselves in a more uh, healthy way. Mm -hmm. um, that that your mouth, you know, is you know uh, a deadly tool, and these same type of norms that may have been developed. And we're not to speak necessarily against it, but we want to be able to create an environment where they feel safe to know that they're not going to be judged but also give them the space to know how to self-correct and what we call redirect that behavior. But before they can really be able to redirect that behavior, they have to be exposed to something better mm -hmm. uh, to the point where they are willing in, uh, inwardly to want to bring about that change. And so that comes through true communication and consistency with, with uh, some of the young people when it comes to uh, self-awareness. So. Oh, someday it's a it's a long process, uh, but it can be done uh, with the uh, proper training and uh, teaching them different ways. Um, you know, and 
I don't want to take up a whole lot of time, but the brain is it's a it's a computer of its own. It's constantly receiving and sending out information by way of neurons. Mm-hmm. These pathways are constantly firing in our brains. And because this is going on in young people, as well as um, adults as well, we have to teach them better ways of create new neurological pathways to help them really absorb the things that are necessary for their survival and learn how to be better what they've actually been reared up in. And so, uh, but at the end of the day, it's their choice. But we have to help them get learn options, you know, to what they're going through and what they've been exposed to, especially at an early age. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, um, you know, when you were speaking, I, you know, what one of the things that came to mind um, from a parental perspective, when you mm-hmm. talk about environment, um, how important it is to have exposure to other environments, right? So, you know, for example, when I was coming up, all we knew was our home life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had family members and then we knew church. <laughs> that was it. So the exposure was consistent. You know, in terms of family, you know, even, you know, your, 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 you have your immediate family, then you have your extended family. There was, you know, is there's consistency and then you can see differences in your cousin's homes and lifestyles and environments and things versus yours, right? Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you might covet as a child what's happening at another house because maybe you want more freedom or maybe you want, you know, just whatever. Right. But, you know, when I think about environment, I'm going to go out on a limb right now because I think that we have lost so much trust in one another as people to where we don't place a priority <clears throat> or an emphasis on community. Mm-hmm. Right? And so because we don't place an emphasis on community in that, you know, we can't trust everybody. And it's not about throwing your children to the wolves, but it is important to make sure that they are exposed to environments beyond your house. Good environments, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So for example, if I'm a if I'm a single parent, I still want my child to know what dual parenting looks like. I can't give it to them because there is no significant other in this house. But community and and getting back to the village concept with people that you do trust, right? Mm -hmm. Can that help, you know, with the exposure that's necessary to create that pathway in a child's brain? Because I feel like a lot of times our interactions and our exposure is so limited initially. So that when we come into adulthood, you know, we kind of know we can be very narrow. Absolutely. You know, but so to talk to me, you know, what do you think about that? And I know it's not safe out there, but what, yeah. <laughs> are we on to something here? <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, absolutely. I mean, exposure within certain parameters yeah. is important to the development and shaping of a young person's life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know you kind of mentioned how we were kind of brought up and whatnot, and me being the oldest, yeah, uh, I was exposed to a whole lot at an early age. 
And so it was nothing new to me to kind of bounce from household to household. You know, I lived with my parents who were married at the time. You know, of course, being a product of divorce, uh, then I was in another environment. Then I was with my grandparents. Then I was with my mom, who was a single mom, raising eight children alone. Mm-hmm. And being navigating through that place where I began to take on a certain identity that mm-hmm. was really not meant for me to really be exposed to. Okay. You know, being a father figure. However, I'm I don't even know what that really looks like. I know what I saw in my grandfather, you know, but you mm-hmm. know, he passed when I was younger. And so not really having that full flesh, what what do you do with that? You know, and so mm-hmm. um, it, it, it goes back to, you know, like I was saying about the, the perimeters. There are some exposures that are necessary, like I said, mm-hmm. to the development of a young person. Uh, however, we have to still be guarded when it comes to our kids because That's there are certain things that, that can damage them for a long time. It won't define them unless they allow it to, but it can damage them and cause them setbacks in life where they could have been a further along or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I kind of, and I, I go back to the story of Mephibosheth. Um, mm-hmm. Here this young boy who's five years old, he's the son of a prince, mm-hmm. the grandson of a king. Hallelujah. In one moment, his grandfather and his dad, who are patriarchs in his life, are now taken away. Mm-hmm. All he's known up until five years old is royalty. Mm. He's exposed to royalty. Mm-hmm. He, he's been taken care of, been had the finest clothing, had the, the finest uh, room, the finest bed, and, mm-hmm. and he's been exposed to kingdom. Yes. Now, because of one moment, yes, someone who was supposed to protect him and nurture him and provide for him, mm-hmm. and like I said, had no intention of hurting him, mm-hmm. but however, it did. Mm-hmm. And now he's damaged for the rest of his life. You know, of course, his nurse dropped him in in haste, trying to uh, remove mm-hmm. and preserve his life mm-hmm. from those who were coming in to that killed his grandfather and his dad. And now coming to overthrow the kingdom, now she drops him in haste, trying to get him out of there. And here he is, years later, his teenage years, uh, early adulthood. He's in a place called Lodabar. Yes, place that doesn't look like kingdom. A place that that there's no uh, what he's now being exposed to. Yeah, now damaging him to his mindset because. In his mind, he knows what a king looks like. He knows how it feels to be a king, even at five years old, because I'm sure that nurse shared some things with him mm-hmm. in low bar. And now but he's in a place of desolate. He's in a place where there's not enough. And he mm. finds the place where now he becomes comfortable mm-hmm. in a desolate place. Mm. One thing about God, and, and I'm, I got to go spiritually here. Uh-huh. I know we, we, we're speaking to the masses and whatnot, but, but God has a plan for even the things that we've been exposed to Hallelujah. that we're not mentally prepared for Hallelujah. to bring us to the place of the table where he begins to minister to us and restore us. 
And the, the great thing about it that we're always on the mind of God, no matter what. Mm -hmm. What you gone through, what you've experienced, who was taken away from you, who, who touched you in the wrong way. And these are the things I have to continue to make our boys and my, even my girls and my family, uh, but the boys that I work with that I know been damaged. I've seen, I've read their charts. I have to continue to speak life and let them know that they're on the mind of God. And no matter what they've gone through, there is a place at the table for them, but they gotta be willing to come up out of Loader Bar. So how do you come out of Loader Bar when you've been exposed to the wrong things? How do you come? They didn't have wheelchairs. They didn't have none of that stuff back then. How do you come out? It takes people. And then going back to what you said, Dr. Robert, um, it's a village. Mm. Village has to come together. This is why, um, you know, and I, I was reading about the story, and I don't even know who Takeoff is. <laughs> I know I heard Amigos, but to find out here we are, having a young man who's lost his life to some senseless mm. nonsense. You know, and and there's been all kind of stories, and as they always do when when young rappers get killed, you know, all kind of um, theories and things like that are, are promoted, and and people are talking and whatnot. But at the end of the day, what what are we doing as a village to be able to change the mindset of people? And so it goes back to that training, the chinook, to prepare, to drill to help restore those things that have caused great, you know, depression and anxiety and, 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 and feeling that you are insignificant or unvalued, you know, when, when now you're now moving from anxiety and depression to suicidal ideation, How, what, what, what do you do? Mm -hmm. and, I, and I heard uh, Pastor Mike Jr. He stayed and I was watching one of his sermons. He was talking about um, genetic pain. You know, one thing he said, very significant, uh, whether you're dealing with a rebellious child or a deceptive child, he said, say to our kids are meant to raise their awareness. Mm -hmm. But what we can't control is how they receive it. Mm. Hallelujah. Let me say that again. What we say to our kids is meant to raise their awareness, mm -hmm. raise their exposure, bring them to a place that, hey, understand this. There's the streets. This is home. Home is supposed to be safe. But there's so many horrors that take place in the home that people don't speak about. Mm -hmm. We've been told to keep silent. Don't say nothing about it. Mm -hmm. you know? and, and, and so when we that's a whole loaded type of thing right there. But but he says what 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 we speak to our kids is meant to raise awareness. But we can't uh, control how they receive it. Mm -hmm. so I'm going to process it. Some going to take root and they're going to run with it and do the right thing. But then there are going to be some that say, you know, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to rebel at this. Mm -hmm. And I get those kids in my job where they rebel constantly. You know, I um, had a young man yesterday who, who, who looked like he wanted to fight me. You know, and he don't look like a regular 16-year-old. He looked like a grown man. And um, But me... I had, I had to calm myself mentally and be aware of my surroundings and everything and even his actions and whatnot. And I had to monitor how I spoke, how I said things, how I even looked. I didn't want to look threatening. I didn't want to look, you know, like I'm going to bring harm. 
and it ended up de-escalating the situation where he was able to finally get to a place where he can calm down and then later on he was able to come back and apologize so some kids they've been uh introduced to abuse you know they uh, a whooping is not going to do anything for them they got parents that beat them like you know like they was a you know i hate to say the word slave but they were beaten just like that you know beyond recognition and so just uh, putting hands are triggers and flashbacks to bring back those same memories that have controlled their lives even at a young stage so awareness does not always lead to adjustments mm. awareness does not always lead to adjustments mm -hmm. uh mephibosheth had to make an adjustment even with his uh, uh, disability, mm -hmm. even when he had insecurities, mental insecurities, physical mm -hmm. insecurities, he had to make an adjustment mm -hmm. to be able to come to the place when the king called for him. And so we have to give our kids space to be able to make those adjustments, even when they've been exposed to some fights. Uh, and I'll say this, and I, I, I don't want to dominate the conversation here. <laughs> I remember growing up in the country. I got in fights in the country, mm -hmm. you know, at Hazel Green, where kids use the N-word, and we got to fight. Mm -hmm. uh, later on, we moved to a place called Meadow Hills. Mm -hmm. Found friends real quick. And as you very well know, Dr. Rob, got a lot of fights out there. Lost some fights. I won some fights. But at the end of the day, I got respect. Yeah. It was a different type of fight is what I'm getting at. It was a different type of exposure whereas I was a country boy, but now I'm in the city where Joe was a little bit harder, a little bit tougher, and a little bit more slick. Yes. So you have to make those adjustments as you become aware to the environment that you've now been introduced to. So even with mental wellness, uh, these are terms that people really don't know about. And so you have to get to a place where you can ask for help and uh, get people to, to uh, lead you in that place uh, where you can find the things that you need uh, to become successful, so to speak. Yeah, hallelujah. I, I, I really like the word, like every time you talk about train, you say drill. And that just resonates with me <clears throat> because a lot of times we think that you can say it one time and it's done. But to drill means in order for corrective action to come forth, I can't just say it once. I might have to say it again. And I say it again. And, and not even from a coming down on, but we're talking about reinforcing love. You know, speaking, you said speak life. We have to keep speaking life over them, right? Absolutely. And so that that is something that life has to be drilled back into you when when, when folk have sucked life out of you, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not a one-time conversation, you know, uh, and, and, and I say this because sometimes there's breakdown between parents and children and, you know, parents might have that one conversation and all you think all is well, but the child is still silently suffering, right? So it's not, I said I was sorry mm -hmm. and we should be past it. Now I have to drill you know, I have to reinforce my love, reinforce that I care, reinforce that I'm here for you, right? It's not a one and done. Because when it's a one and done, 
then if it was one and done, the, the pain would dissolve. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's a process. It's a process. The process, you know. Yeah. You, you 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 have to go through the process. Uh if if I uh break my leg mm -hmm. and and you come lay hands on you healed. Yeah. The reality is I'm healed. <clears throat> But it's not a now heal. <laughs> it's a process. It's a process. I may have to wear a boot for eight weeks. Amen. It's a process. I may have to go through physical therapy. Amen. It's a process to regain the strength. Yes. And so we have to do that even with people that are going through mental health or going mm -hmm. through various different traumas. Mm -hmm. Once you drill, you, you have to do it in love. Mm -hmm. But you also have to be patient. Yes, and I think that's what we lose a lot of times, especially with our kids. We have to give them that grace. And the other thing, I, I interject this too. I think we as parents, and 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 uh, whether we we have children of our own or not, but it's just being a mentor, an adult, and whatnot. Uh, I think sometimes we lose sight of the same things that I young people go through. We've done it or done worse, and we may not get caught. And when we see certain things in our kids, mm -hmm. we know a lot of time we we ain't seen it the first time. Mm -hmm. Amen. We've been introduced to it. Amen. That's why when we see it, we can recognize it. Amen. You know, and so it it, it calls us to to run and, and speak to it quickly because we know, you know, if we really we got hurt about it or whatever, we say that's not the one. Now they very well may not be open to what you got to say. Right. However, we made it known and made them aware of what our thoughts are in a proper way. Now we have to allow them to walk it out. That's right. Because even when we made mistakes, it didn't kill us. Mm -hmm. They set us back, but it didn't kill us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we have to say, allow that same tutelage or tutoring to take place in our young people's life. Let them know, hey, you still got a space to come back here. Yes. But I want you to know this is what I see. Now you yeah. walk in and figure it out for yourself. And we have to do that with boys and girls. Amen. Uh, it, it, it's so important that, that training project, drilling to prepare for war is mm -hmm. all one thing. Both of us, both former military, so we know, especially through boot camp, we do the same thing yes. every day. It's all about detail. Yes. The details. <laughs> Because at the end of the day, and this is where I always look at it, especially when you're going to Veterans Day, um, somebody's life is in your hand. Yes, help us, Lord. And so our young people's lives are in our hand. Yeah. And that's why we have to pay attention to the details of, yeah. of things that we've gone through. And don't throw any life experiences away because mm -hmm. I promise you it's going to bring about value in somebody else's life. And that's why we sh shouldn't stay silent when certain things happen. Uh, mm -hmm. and I like that. You have to be mature and careful who you share with or divulge information to. However, when it comes to our young people and whatnot, you have to show yourself vulnerable to a certain extent to give them exposure into your life to let them know, hey, I was once in your shoe. Now, you may your feelings may be different from mine, and I'm not here to, to tell you how you're supposed to feel. You're a human being. You're entitled to feel how you feel. You're entitled to grieve how you grieve. And there's no amount of time that is 
uh, uh, allotted to you, you find that out for yourself. And so we have to give them time and space to be able to go through the emotional roller coaster of life. Yes. Let them know that it's a safe place and reaffirm them. It's like you said, speak life uh, into them and really be able to help them uh, develop uh, as young people. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. So let me, um, yes, I just feel led to pray for parents right now. So Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just ask Holy Spirit that you would just blow a fresh wind in the direction of every parent, Lord God, that is at their wits end right now with their children, Father God. Yes, God. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I just pray that there will be renewed commitment, renewed yes, focus, Father God, renewed compassion, Father Lord, just to, to continue to speak life to that child in the midst of rebellion, to continue to speak life to their children in the midst of defiance, Right now, in the name of Jesus, Father God, let it not delay. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I ask that you would just release it, Lord. Just blow it forth right now, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let's give them what they need. Yes, God. Right now, Holy Spirit, right now, we're asking for a tonight blessing, Lord Jesus. Yes, God. That they will be renewed and strengthened. Every parent all over the nation, all over the world, yes. struggling with the child. Let mm -hmm. them be renewed, Father God, and Even. set their feet firm, Lord God, and that their mind and their heart will understand, hallelujah, the assignment and what it is to drill, hallelujah, and to train, hallelujah, and to speak, hallelujah, your will, your way, your plans, yes, your love, and your heart over <laughs> their children, Father God. In the name of Jesus, let it not tarry in this hour, but let it come forth even now. Renew strength, renew vitality. Let everything that was lost, hallelujah, come back and be restored right now. Even now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, we we, we just need a fresh wind sometimes as parents. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's not an easy job. So we're going to transition a little bit. Um, as we bring this discussion to a close, I'm gonna. I, I just want to share some facts, research um, that I found earlier today, um, and 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 just kind of discuss this with you, okay? All right. So, um. um Anxiety and depression increased among children ages three to 17 over the last five years from 2016 forward, okay? There was also an increase over the same five years in behavior and conduct problems, okay? For youth and adolescents. Before the pandemic even happened, all right, anxiety and depression were already becoming more common amongst children and adolescents. All right. Interestingly, while anxiety and depression were increasing among our children and our adolescents, research did not show that there was an increase in the use of mental health care over that five-year plan. Absolutely. We see the red flags. We see our children, they start to fall off maybe in school. 
they start to digress in just those small, subtle changes. We notice, but we tell ourselves what? It's a phase. All the way up until we realize it's not a phase. Absolutely. Talk to us. Okay. Um, oh, boy. Um, that's, that's a heavy one. Yeah. Um, just with those numbers alone, you know. Uh, but the reality is it, it, it goes back to that exposure. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't express that enough. Um, and what I mean by exposure, um, we have to keep in mind that, that young people, this information, this need to feel uh, desired, mm -hmm. this need to fit in, this need to be a part Mm -hmm. With those with those statistics, I, I'm not sure where you 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 had gotten it from or whatnot. But mm -hmm. uh, the other thing you have to mention in regards to that is um, um, the amount of bullying that is taking place. You know, um, and so when we think in terms of mental health, the reality is a lot of them they have not figured this thing out because it's been so taboo. Mm -hmm. And then we really have to address the um, the opportunities or the resources that are being made available. We have a lot of parents out here. They really don't know who and where to find help. Mm -hmm. people, let alone even talk about it. And that's why we rather dismiss it rather than to confront it. Mm -hmm. And even from a professional standpoint, um, mm -hmm. People don't have equal opportunity or equal access when it comes from a financial thing because that's where it really boils down to. And so many times uh, uh, young people are, are treated or diagnosed and treated with different, you know, um, uh, pharmaceutical uh, uh, pills and so on and so forth to treat certain things that they're trying to find certain cocktails to treat certain disorders. Uh, from a mental standpoint. So mm -hmm. uh, how, how, how do we handle that? Mm -hmm. you know, go back to the Bible. There was a man who had a son who, um, the Bible said he suffered from seizures. Mm -hmm. and the same seizure tossed him into the water and fire to the point that he almost died. Yeah. Uh, but he said to Jesus when he came, he said, I brought my child to your disciples. Yeah. He wasn't able to do anything for him. Yeah. They wanted to drive out the demon. They weren't able to lay hands on them. Even when they tried, it didn't happen. We've been bringing our children to, I won't necessarily say the wrong people, but ill informed and those who still trying to figure it out. Yeah. And even with some of the programs, you know, right now you, you have a mix of mental uh, people that have mental illness mm -hmm. uh, in prisons with normal people who've just committed crimes don't have mental illness per se or, mm -hmm. or um, those things that have actually been diagnosed and written and documented on the individual. Mm -hmm. So many of our mental health facilities have been closed because mm -hmm. there hasn't been any funding to keep them running and sustained over a long period of time. So you take all that into account when it comes to our young people. Some of them don't want the information because of the stigma or mm -hmm. the stigma type of it. Uh, uh, and if we go to the African-American community, uh, many don't talk about it. We're just now coming around where we're really 
starting to open up to this therapeutic approach mm-hmm. and being able to treat and talk about mental illness, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're still behind the eight ball, so to speak, uh, when it comes to really getting the information, getting the resources, mm-hmm. getting uh, the getting in front of the right people to help be able to give people direction on how to really combat this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that That's so much that's going on when it comes to mental health. Uh, yeah. So we really have to realize, we got to recognize, and we got to respond. Yes. And then that helps without helping them to resist re-traumatization. Yeah. Um, like I say, it's, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. There's no easy answers, but we have to make the first step. Yeah. And that is to recognize the things that are going on and come up with real corrective plan of action. Mm-hmm. To, yeah. And that's going to come from the our local officials, from the mm-hmm. federal government. And, uh, you know, you can throw money at a lot of things, but until we get the right people in place, because mm-hmm. we, we, we haven't even talked about this greed thing. It's a big money-making system. Yeah. Mental health is a big money maker. When it comes to pharmaceuticals, it's a big money maker. I've seen kids uh, prescribe so many different uh, medicines that they have caused more damage yeah. than good. You know, so it's, it's, it's a, a real fine line of balancing act when it comes to those things. Uh, so um, that, that, that there's no real um, solid answer when it comes to that, uh, Robin. If I can answer it that way, uh, mm-hmm. but I know that we must begin. And first of all, we got to have honest and open conversation, and then we got to get the right people at the table right. that can help, you know, uh, bring about that type of change that we need to see, especially with our young people. Amen. 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 I mean, it does. And go, going back to the village, to the community, right? The a, a part of that village and a part of that community is, you know, maybe you have a, a family therapist or a family counselor, you know, um, it's we can't ignore small things because small things become big things, right? Absolutely. It's like a little rock in your shoe. You can walk on that little rock if you want to all the way home. <laughs> or you can stop and deal with the little rock, get it out of your shoe. But if you leave it in your shoe all the way home, you're going to have a bigger problem, you know? And so where mental wellness, let's just talk about just wellness, you know, um, those issues, we have to handle it on both sides of the things from a, on the both sides of the, the coin, right? Absolutely. We are human beings, but we're also spiritual beings. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and that's what I hear Pastor saying tonight. Because we yeah, are yeah. human beings and spirit beings. We have to address the whole man. The whole man. Holistic, holistic ministry. Holistic ministry. Right. So I'm not saying that counseling doesn't have a place. Absolutely. I'm just saying that medicine is not always the first go-to. Right. Absolutely. But I'm all and I'm always saying that there is nothing too hard for God. always saying that right Mm -hmm. it's just living in a balance of it all um and yeah we 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 have to do we we have to we've got to walk in wisdom we've got to walk in wisdom because like you said there you know society is structured our economic system for gain it's called capitalism for a reason Mm -hmm. even if it is at the expense of mental health absolutely 
Absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, and like I said, you know, uh, th those are things that are, are, are so vital to yes. uh, really uh, causing our young people to thrive. Not just young people, but, you know, anybody that's dealing with mental uh, illness and trying to get well. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to have those honest conversations and, um, and, and dialogues to help navigate through this, this vicious cycle. This, this, uh, this, uh, this epidemic, so to speak. Uh, Jesus, when the, the father brought his son, he said, oh, faithless generation. Yes. How long shall I deal with you? Mm -hmm. How long, you know, I got, you got the information. Mm -hmm. You know what to do. Mm -hmm. Now I want you to start putting what you have in place to start moving forward. Yes. And, and then, so God, God blesses us with therapists that we can't look down on. There's a place for them. Uh, uh, doctors, you know, uh, I'm a pastor, right? Uh, but if you you break your foot and you say, I don't need you to heal me and lay hand, I'm going to tell you to go to the doctor. Right. Not only, I, I'm not going to just tell you to go to the doctor, I'm going to tell you to go see a specialist. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, foot doctor. You know, yeah. You know, um, you, yes. you, 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 there's certain people that are specialized in certain things. Yeah. That spiritual part that we deal with and, and through counseling, not medicine, but through counseling, proper professional counseling, then yeah. we be able to determine what needs to take place and stop kidding ourselves and really get these things head on and see if it's a behavior issue or is it really a, a mental issue. For some of the kids that we're going through, being misdiagnosed, they have behavior issues. Yes. You know, they just, you know, I don't want to use the word bad, but they have some struggles. <laughs> you know, defiance. Right, right, right. You know, rebellious spirit. And yeah. so we have to be willing to, going back to that training session, to help yeah. get them to the place where they learn that there's better way. But, you know, a lot of that comes through proper parenting. Yeah. Being able to see what it is and what it really is, you know, yes. not just missing it, like you said, that little pebble in the shoe. Yeah, you, know, you can keep continue walking with it, or you can go ahead and stop and take it out. Yeah, you know, and some of us may keep on walking, you know, and get there and have more pain, yeah. oh, right? You know, or it's a nuisance, but it hadn't really gotten bad yet. And then when you get 50 years old, it begins to get bad now. Yeah. But it's something that you could have got resolved when you was 10 years old, yeah. you know. And so we, we there again, we, we just really have to put things in its proper place, use yeah. wisdom yeah. and, and use, utilize the resources that are there and be OK with saying no to yes. certain things yes. you know, and educating yourself. Mm -hmm. Just because the doctor tells you something does not make it so. Yes. The disciples yeah. can deliver that boy. But Jesus could. Yes. I saw him delivering. He said, hey, old faith of the generation. How long am I going to put up with y'all? Mm -hmm. In other words, I, I need y'all to change your mindset. Yes. And 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 this Western civilization we call America, we have to change our mindsets, whether it comes from economics or you know, how we really uh, are going after and tackling this mental health thing. You know, mm -hmm. there's it, so many things is is a lot of limbs to the root cause until mm -hmm. we get to the root of the problem 
we'll have all these limbs that's kind of lingering and just going and growing its own different way. And for mm-hmm. you know, you got a tree that needs pruning, needs cutting back, needs mm-hmm. management. You know, and so that's where we are in this vicious cycle right now, mm-hmm. whether it be health or, or poverty or uh, gun violence or suicide. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, it's a whole gamut of things that are mm-hmm. taking place. Uh, with some of the society issues that we're facing right now. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. And so I'll say this, you know, um, next next week we're going to kind of lean into the holistic approach um, to, to this, to mental wellness and mental illness. Um, and by holistic approach, you know, uh, Pastor Rogers is kind of tapping on each one a little bit tonight, <laughs> you know, because there is behavioral components that need to be addressed there are mental uh mental emotional components that need to be addressed and then there are spiritual components that must be addressed right and so if we're going to win in this battle if we're going to see victory we can't leave any of those stones absolutely even the spiritual because if we go back to the lady who was bent over and could in no wise lift herself up That's she didn't right. have a bad back That's right. <laughs> a spirit of infirmity had laid um, hands on her absolutely and when that spirit was rebuked she was able to stand up straight mm-hmm. absolutely. absolutely so not all sickness is physical That's right. sometimes it's spiritual and we want to talk about how can we turn the difference you know, and so we've got to have a holistic approach to how we see things as parents um, and then how we approach things uh, from a medicinal standpoint and then also from a spiritual standpoint. So that is going to be next week's discussion. We're going to get ready to close this thing out. One one question, Pastor Rogers. All right. Uh, you, you made a power statement earlier today. And I feel like it needs to be restated. I'm trying to go back and get it. But you said not all awareness. Awareness does not always bring what? what Adjustments. <laughs> See, we think just because we said it that the child is going to adjust. Not so. Not so. <laughs> so that, that's where that training comes into play, right? That's right. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a drill. Yeah. You have to keep drilling. Keep, keep drilling it. Yeah, so this has been a wonderful discussion. I'm going to let Drilling in love. Drilling in love. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to whoop you. I'm going to whoop you too. No, always crazy. <laughs> ain't always the answer. So, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, Pastor. So, that was this was a wonderful discussion tonight. You guys know this. Pastor Rogers is my elder brother uh, of eight children. I'm like number seven of eight. He's number one. So, you see the, the, the line in between us, but this is my elder brother. And so, you probably picked up on that in tonight's discussion. So, this has been wonderful. Um, do you share any final words that you have before we close out tonight's session? Well, hey, I'm like I said, another great topic, great night uh, conversation. And I just hope it blesses and brings value to somebody that may be watching, um, that may be hurting, looking for answers and solutions. And if I can leave anything with you, trust God. Just trust the Lord in all things. And you may not understand it right now, but you will understand it by and by. 
And those are not just simple words. Uh, it's the truth. It's God's honest truth. And uh, know that the battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. In all things, it, it will work out. Yes. I'm a, I'm a testimony of that. So glad to be here, sis, uh, Dr. Robinson. And I uh, look forward to uh, new topics and uh, thing further discuss. I hope my wife will be here this next week. She just popped in. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look forward to next week, Lord willing. Amen. Amen. That is awesome. Thank you so much tonight. Um, let us just cover these young people uh, tonight in prayer before we go. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord Jesus. I just ask Holy Spirit that you would just dispatch ministering angels, Lord, to just gird up that young person, that adolescent, Lord, that is hurting right now in the name of Jesus. The person who's feeling like there is no hope and that all is lost, Father God. Hallelujah. May your voice be loud in their ears right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Let the resources of heaven hallelujah be be sent forth to aid them in this hour right now father yes, and we come against the hand of the enemy right now lord who comes forth to steal kill and destroy to rob us even to rob these young people of their lives and of their hope father god mm -hmm. we just stand in the gap right now in the name of jesus hallelujah yes, lord god we just declare that, and we plead the blood of Christ, hallelujah, the blood of Jesus over them right now from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet. May they be protected in this hour, even from themselves, Father God, that they will see the rising of the sun tomorrow, Lord Jesus, and that they will know that there is hope, that they are not alone, Father God, that you love and that you care for them, Father God. I'm asking for a miracle tonight for somebody, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let it not delay, Father God. I read online um, earlier today, Father God, that every day there are about 130 suicides, Father God. I pray for a decrease in that number in the name of Jesus, Father God. I pray, Lord Jesus, that saints all over the world will begin to intercede and will stand their ground against suicidal spirits right now, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we will be vigilant intercessors. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah, Lord, standing in the gap on behalf of those who are in despair, on behalf of those who are hurting, on behalf of those who do not see hope, Father God. Yes, God. May we be a light in this dark world, Father God, and let us shine bright, Father God, so that when people look upon us, they will know that there is hope. Hallelujah. In Jesus Christ, our Lord. Father God, thank you for these discussions. Thank you for the willingness of Pastor Pastor Robert, my brother, Lord God, and Sophie, his wife, Lord, just being willing to come in and share with us, Father God. I pray that this will reach the ears and the hearts of those whom you intend it to reach, Father, because I know that your word never returns unto you, Lord. Thank you yes. for the hour, man. Be sealed right now by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. This is the Bible ever. Thank you to my co-host tonight. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll see you guys back next Thursday. Until next time, you guys be blessed. We're signing out. Genesis.